Welcome everyone to the next installment of the conversations that I've been having with Indeed employees, looking at how Indeed has been navigating the global impact of COVID-19. Today is April 9th, and we are on day 37 of our global work from home. And we know that there are thousands of businesses all over the world that are facing a lot of the challenges that we've been through and thought that it might be helpful to share some of our experiences that we've learned along the way. So today, I am very happy to have along with us Sherry Wynn, our Senior Manager of Product Marketing for SMB at Indeed. Sherry, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Great. Well, let's start where I like to start with everyone, which is just, uh, how are you doing today? How, how are things at your house? How are things with your family? I uh, appreciate you asking. I feel like it changes every day. Today, I'm feeling really good. Uh, my husband just made me a home-cooked meal, and we had lunch together, which was so nice. But on most days, I feel like I vacillate between feelings of joy like that and then just massive overwhelm. This situation has brought a lot of uncertainty and undue stress, um, as it has for everybody. But the silver lining, like I mentioned, is being able to have lunch with my husband, my daughter every day and going on family walks. And that's not always a norm for us daily. So it's teaching me to slow down and really savor what's important, which is my family and our health. Um, my husband also lost his job right when all this started because he worked in travel. He worked for a travel startup and they let go half of their company. So it's been a tough situation for me because now I'm the primary breadwinner and sole provider for our family during an uncertain time in our economy. And that stays in the back of my head all the time. I'm really grateful for my job. I'm grateful for Indeed support and just the response through all this. Um, and I'm really thankful to actually witness my husband being an incredible stay at home dad. I thought I would never see that, but he's really thriving and so is my daughter as a result. Yeah, and I think that's been one of the remarkable things about this experience is that while we're talking to everyone over Zoom, we're seeing a little view into people's home life that we don't normally get. And when you work with people, you get to know them personally and you'll ask questions, but we're getting a view into to more and more people now and we're seeing kids run into Zoom meetings and dogs barking and things like that. And um, I think actually just I find myself asking more frequently today, how are you doing in, in, a, in a real way and getting real answers from people than I normally do. So, so thank you for sharing that um, with us today. What we're here for and what I want to talk about is specifically the amazing work that you have been doing with a group of other folks to really help and support people through this experience over the last couple of months. But let's just back up and start a little bit. Just tell us a little bit about your role at Indeed. What were you doing before um, you know the beginning of March when all of this started for us? Yeah, well, I've been here for about two and a half years. Um, I'm on the product marketing team for supporting small and medium businesses. So I help um, a ton of our clients understand how Indeed can help them make great hires. And I work with our incredible product teams to launch new products and features and drive customer adoption. Um, so that's my role at Indeed. My other full-time job is I'm a mom to a three-year-old, very fierce and independent and intuitive um, daughter named Amaya. And I'm also happily married to my husband um, and high school sweetheart. We've been together for 18 years and we have a dog who's 14. So it's all of us in the house together. Um, and also right before all this started, I submitted an application to found the Parents and Caregivers Inclusion Resource Group which was approved right before the holidays, but we kind of soft kicked it off at the beginning of this year. And now it's it's kind of come full full blown during this um, time of crisis. That's a, a great segue. So diversity, inclusion, and belonging is one of the core values at Indeed. And one of the many ways that we support that 
is through these inclusion resource groups, which have been around for a few years now. And indeed, um, the new one that you just started around parents and caregivers is our 10th inclusion resource group or IRG. Can you uh, just share a little bit uh, around what was going on within Indeed that um, and your personal life that motivated you to say this was the next thing that, that we think that Indeed should dedicate time and resources to helping support our employees? As a mom and as somebody who finds a lot of her worth through work, uh, I define myself by all of these different titles that are very intersectional, right? I'm a woman, I'm a mom, a sister, a daughter, um, an advocate, an ally. So this value of inclusion and belonging for me means that I am able to show up exactly who I am with all of the mess that is my life as a human. And people not only welcome me to the table, they're happy to have me there and to learn and embrace the perspective that I bring. So I consider myself an activist for working moms. Ever since I became a working mom, I've, I've continued to have to advocate for myself. People kind of started to know me for that. <laughs> Last year, as a result, I was asked to work on a project with our, um, our, segment, our segment team, segment managers, and they asked me to help them help people who've taken time off for caregiving return to work. And in this project, we started to do a ton of UX interviews, and we found that a majority of these people were moms. And so this project started as an initiative to help women find jobs. I actually started uncovering a whole slew of related problems around caregiving and work today, uh, from the gender pay gap and having to justify like earning an income versus paying for childcare, to the lack of universal daycare available, to paid leave. The problem wasn't just about getting her a job, it was about making systemic changes to our culture around work and caregiving. And so as we started doing these interviews and learning more, I wanted to unpack like, why are women leaving the workforce in the first place? Like, why are we helping them come back to work? And I found this really staggering statistic. 43% of working women in STEM leave their jobs when they have kids. And most women said they would have continued working if they had more flexibility in their jobs. So I wanted to kind of gut check myself with Indeed parents and see how they felt. And I started talking to them via Slack, um, hearing their stories, and then, you know, my own experiences. And I have to constantly practice discipline and setting boundaries for work so I don't lose out on significant time with my family. That means like turning down happy hours or sometimes when vendors are in town, I don't want to go to dinner but have to suck it up. It's like constantly balancing things like that. And I feel like I have to work harder to be seen as valuable or productive now that I'm a parent. Um, that's just my personal feeling. But I actually had a ton of flexibility and a really great relationship with my manager. So what I started learning was it wasn't always consistent between expectations for team members in certain departments and then just their personal relationship and what they were comfortable sharing with their managers to, to try to ask for these things. So as I heard more and more personal stories of work-life conflict, I just knew parents and caregivers needed some advocacy. And it led me to believe, like to learn something critical. I don't like the idea of work-life balance. And I think there's no end game to it because the, the connotation is there's always this two conflicting priorities. It's either work or it's life and you have to keep them in balance. I really want indeed to consider this idea of work-life integration, which is what we're living right now, right? Like employee, employees feeling empowered to present their whole selves authentically, to show the messy room, to show their kids without fear of bias. And I really wanted to advocate with this IRG for things like longer and equal paid leave, 
financial support for childcare, flexible work from home policies, regardless of department or role. And then the COVID-19 pandemic struck and all of these issues came rushing to the forefront. So I guess you could say, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, so this has been uh, a theme, I think, in a lot of what we've seen. There are a number of issues just around the nature of work and around how Indeed tries to help our clients. Um, things that we've been working on that we knew were part of the future and we were trying to convince people they were important. And suddenly overnight, things like being able to do virtual interviews is absolutely essential to anyone who's trying to hire right now. So as you pointed out, we have been aware of the fact that it's very difficult if you've got young kids or even older kids uh, and you're trying to sort of balance all of those things to, to be able to work side by side with people that don't have the same set of uh, responsibilities. And then kind of overnight, so on March uh, 4th, we had 10,000 people all go to work from home overnight. And some of these challenges came to the forefront really immediately. And so the, the timing of the work that you were doing was could not have been you know, more prescient. So, so tell me, what have you and the, the IRG and the other allies been able to do to help support Indeed employees first? And then we'll talk maybe about some larger things for the entire workforce. Yeah, well, I feel like um, you say this a lot, but everybody's just really come together. And I think there's been a ton of empathy. Um, one of my superpowers is connection, like connecting with others and being able to connect people. So from the moment this started, I just really wanted to get a pulse on our community and also see how people were doing. Um, but honestly, it was selfish. I just really needed support for myself because I didn't know how to manage this and I didn't know if I was making the right decision from day to day. Um, so amidst this global crisis and then finding out the next week that all these schools were closed, we really just had to take action and come together. So I first discovered from um, our San Francisco office, one of our colleagues, Kenji, had put together this incredible document. It's, a, it's called the Unofficial Work From Home Guide, Work From Home Guide for Kids, uh, for Indeedians. And I saw that and started talking to him and then um, Lisa recommended we start the parents Slack channel. So I did that and in a couple of days, 600 people had joined. And we just started hearing stories of, here's my situation. I have a partner, I don't. I have kids this age. I have um, elderly parents that I have to care for. And everybody just started coming together, supporting each other, commenting, posting and sharing their stories of, you know, messy houses and kids all over the place, passing on information, useful tools. I saw a ton of vulnerability, empathy. I also just saw all the stress and all the different forms of stress. And so the biggest struggle really was work-life balance at the time. Honestly, because most people were trying to keep the old way of doing things. They're like, I don't know how I'm gonna figure out 40 hours in a day on top of caring for my kids for like 11 to 12 hours a day. And the magic solution was let's just not sleep. And I knew that was gonna lead to burnout. So um, it, it was something I wanted to address. And I just started sending, sending information to you, to the staff, and just helping them understand these are the stories we're hearing and these are the stories that we have to mitigate. Um, you know, there's a diverse range of caregivers, right? There were parents with autistic children and they have to start their, um, ex, their, their learning for them every day, right? Like turn on the camera, things like that. We have adoptive parents who are struggling. We have single parents who don't have a partner or anybody else in the house to share responsibilities with. We have people taking care of the elderly who are so, so highly vulnerable at this time, maybe ill spouses. So this IRG really needed to see all these people for who they are and advocate for all their needs. I was doing little things like putting together messaging for the Q&A that you run weekly, 
um, email communication that went out to our managers on how to give guidance during this time. Honestly, the biggest thing we could say was take PTO, PTO, be understanding, start conversations, know that people are gonna pop in and out of Zoom. Um, it was just really a time to get real. And there was honestly the biggest call to action I saw was take care of yourself and your mental health first. So we've been trying to do that just by supporting each other. We have been at this now for a little while and we've seen some of the things, there's the, how do you make the shift overnight? But then some of these things start to sink in over time. It's one thing to say, what can we do for a couple of weeks? Now, we don't know if we're settling into a new normal for something that could last several months. We don't know what's going to happen over the summer when kids might not be in school, but they're going to need other activities. What do you think that um, parents and caregivers need from their employers just everywhere right now? I'd say the top thing is empathy. Um, it's reassurance. It's reassurance that we are... I, can't, I guess it's too much to say like it's okay, it, it's going to be okay is a thing, but it's it's maybe just knowing I'm here to help you and we're here to support each other. Um, and that we're all going through the same thing, even though we may have different circumstances. So we all deserve a little bit more empathy. I think we need a little bit of trust and autonomy too, to kind of make hard calls like what should I stop working on so that I'm only focused on what's critical. And then we need the flexibility to set and reset our, reset our schedule sometimes you know, weekly, sometimes even daily. Um, I would say we need consistent check-ins from our managers. You know, right now when you can't, when you can't physically see someone and say, you're looking kind of down today, you have to reach out, right? It, it takes over communication, a little bit more effort, and it takes each person practicing some vulnerability to speak up and say, I need help. We also need to feel empowered to care for our children during this scary time, because that's really what's most important, right? It's like normalizing this new situation, which takes a lot of patience and a lot of being present with them. Mostly, I just think our leaders and our colleagues need to really live our value of diversity, inclusion, and belonging at this time, because for those of us specifically managing this crisis with kids at home, we just need a strong sense of community now more than ever, and we need to feel seen. So of all of the different challenges, what do you think is the hardest part right now of being a working parent with young kids at home? Every night when I tuck my daughter into bed, she tells me that she's scared. And that's incredibly hard to hear. She says she's scared of ghosts and monsters. And I'm usually like, she says Halloween things. I'm like, oh my God, we're so far from Halloween. Like, why are you thinking about that? But it's, it's the cover up to the reality. So I ask her, are you scared because you're not in school anymore due to coronavirus? Um, is it because you miss your friends and your teachers and you can't see your family? And she says, yes. So the hardest part for me is that I have to hear this and I feel the same way. And I have to tell her she's secure and she's safe and she's protected. And I have to repeat that daily. That's really the hardest thing is to try to guarantee what you can't in a world that's so uncertain. But my only guarantee to her is that I'm here for her. And... Mm -hmm. That's the crux of this whole work-life integration, right? Is that I, I can't be, I can't guarantee that to her and, and the other minute turn around and say, I'm too busy doing other things. That is my priority. And, and that's what's been the hardest thing. I have two girls who are 22 and 24, and it's actually not that different. Um, you know, they're, they're not having uh, worried about, about nightmares, but my youngest daughter who's 22 um, just graduated from college in December and literally entered the workforce in the beginning of February, moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career and uh, lost her temporary job in March when all of this went down and is back home now and has no idea what her future 
is going to look like right now. And, and I think uh, helping people navigate through that uncertainty is really challenging, especially when we're all experiencing uncertainty at the same time, too. So what advice do you have for other working parents? And, and what are the things that just personally for you are, are working as strategies? There's a saying that parents always pass around and joke about. It's doing it all, having it all. And so I'll say, like, you can't. You can't do it all and don't even try. Uh, your top priority right now is your health, your mental health, your physical health, and your family's safety. So utmost importance, top of the list. I mentioned my husband isn't working right now, so he's a full-time stay-at-home dad, but he needs a mental break because full-time caregiving was not his norm. And I also want that time to help normalize the situation for my daughter and to really be there for her. Um, I think that that could change if he gets a job. So he's a software engineer and he might actually get a job during this time and then I would have to make those changes again. Um, the other thing I'm trying to do is vocally communicate my top priorities. I send an email to my weekly, like my team weekly and say, here's what I'm focusing on and here's what's fallen off my plate as non-critical um, and asking for help where I need it. Uh, the most important thing is I meditate or take deep breaths or do the virtual yoga classes Indeed provides, or just get out and take a walk if it's a nice day. Um, and then through Aetna, my, my therapy sessions have moved to telehealth and I've kept those. I, I do an hour session weekly. So I would say that has given me some mental fortitude and a little bit of space during this tough time. Yeah, it's that old analogy of when you're on the airplane and they are giving you the warnings, they say, put on your oxygen mask first. And uh, as, as a parent, that's that's always the hardest advice to take, but it's actually probably the most useful. So as you look back over this time and um, think about not maybe maybe what you would do differently, but I, I think of it maybe more in terms of knowing everything that you know now about all the stuff that we've learned over the last um, couple of months, if you could go back and, and talk to February, Sherry, and and give you some advice. You know what 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 have you taken from this that would be helpful, kind of to have known at the beginning. I also ask for help sooner, and also in doing that, adjust my own expectations of what I can and can't do, and talk to my manager about that, and just get understanding and support. Because I've been reading stuff lately, just from people who've experienced times like war, right? And there's a necessity to create space to accept and process the current situation. Because what I think happened to me is I immediately went into work productivity mode and then I just distracted myself from dealing with reality until a couple weeks later where I was already feeling stressed in so many other ways and then everything caught up to me. And so I would have used that time to work on my mental health. So one common theme in a lot of the conversations we've been having is that there are a set of things that are happening because of this crisis that are um, that are really just uh, not great. And we're looking forward for this to all be over so we can get back to, you know, whatever we think normal life looks like. But there's a set of things also that we've been forced into that um, are giving us new perspective and new ideas about uh, how we might work and live. What are the things that you think in terms of what has changed, you know, from your thinking and how you want to, to be in work moving forward? I think everything has changed. I mean, what I've realized through this is there's been a long time crisis of parents and caregivers um, that's come to the forefront that really no one can ignore now. Uh, things like universal childcare and paid leave, uh, we're just seeing it across all types of businesses and across all spectrums. 
you know, the reality for parents and caregivers is that we, we face these small little crises all the time. You know, with school hours, they end at three and the workday doesn't. With holidays, with summers, uh, when somebody falls ill, like your parent, um, even a sick day. When there's no childcare, people have always had to juggle work and caregiving. And oftentimes, there's a trade-off between the two. So my, I have a fear that we revert to our old ways, um, where we feel a little bit more disconnected to ourselves and our ability to make good decisions. Um, also, just kind of being caught in a frenzy, like everything is important and then nothing is, right? I think this virus is showing us that our old way of living is unsustainable. And so I don't want to forget these lessons. I want to make sure we practice and we support each other to continue integrating work and life going forward. Well, Sherry, thank you so much, obviously for the time today, but really for everything that you do for Indeed, both in your day job and in, in this role in, um, in helping get this, this IRG off the ground. It's been really uh, one of the most profound, I think, illustrations of why we need to do the work that we're doing around diversity, inclusion, and belonging. We had this um, immediate overnight change that really disproportionately affected one, uh, one part of our company. And to be able to have a group of people who can help raise awareness around those issues, um, but then also really just create the support network. And it doesn't um, in any way mean that we as, as leaders abdicate responsibility for doing that as well, but to, just to see how quickly the groundswell of, uh, of grassroots support for all of the people who are going through these challenging um, experiences at the same time, it was really amazing just to see how, how everyone was able to lift each other up. And, and yeah, that, that concept of we're all in this together, I mean, that, that really is the, the answer um, that we've seen just so beautifully play out here. So thank you so much again for really for everything that you have been doing. It's just, uh, it's, been, it's been really amazing. Thank you. Thanks so much for your support, Chris.